Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back. It's Friday afternoon, so you know the Atlanta sports guys have reconvened to talk. Let me check my notes here. Atlanta sports. Oh yeah, it's happening tonight. Potentially the greatest night in Atlanta Hawks history. To cover all of that, the Braves winning, Charlie Morton flirting with a no-hitter, the Falcons signing all their rookies. I am joined by Max Markovich and Garrett Chapman. Max, Garrett, how are you guys? I'm great. Huge night. Huge, huge, huge night. It's a big night. I cannot cannot wait for tonight. It is... It's going to be fun, man. Like, I... I'm, you know, what's weird is like, I feel like we have been in a situation where like being excited is the wrong way to approach Hawks games. It's like when we're the doom and gloom is when the Hawks rise to the challenge is like, Oh, I don't know about this. And then they just, they love, they love being on the road. They love being the villains. They love just, they love adversity. Trey loves adversity. This group loves adversity. And now they're the favorites going into this home game tonight, and they can lock it all down. So I I wish there was more pushback of, like, there's no way. Like, the Sixers are absolutely going to push this back to Philadelphia. I wish it was more of more of that and not, uh, oh, the Hawks should uh, close this thing out. What do you think, Garrett? Uh, I mean, confidence in Atlanta is riding extremely high, and I, I think we talking about this right beforehand like we're i'm gonna be going to the game tonight and i just know for a fact that that place is going to be just explosive like people are going to be loud and rowdy and i if if social media is any indication of what the city of atlanta is feeling this place is the top is about to explode um so i i I cannot wait for this game tonight but look i mean the 76ers are still the number one seat they're still the perennial favorite in this series, regardless of, of whether or not we have a lead or not. Um, because, I mean, look, we did this in 2013 where we had the lead against the number one seed Pacers. They came into Atlanta. They took care of business game six and seven. I mean, look, it happens. We're human. Like, those things, it, it would not be unheard of if the Hawks still find a way to lose this series. But, look, you tell me that our, on on February 28th that you have Onyeka Okongwu who's playing playoff minutes. You have... Uh, Lou Williams, who is coming in clutch for, for this Hawks team, a, a guy who didn't even want to play on the Atlanta Hawks at the time. He considered retiring. That Lloyd Pierce was fired. That uh, 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 we, we persevered through all of these injuries, and, and half the team was hurt throughout the entire season. And you're going to tell me that we're one game away from the Eastern Conference Finals? Holy shit, man. <laughs> I, would take that, I would take that all seven days of the week. And, and now that's honestly feeling more like an expectation and a reality than anything yeah i um i'm (laughs) i'm still just reeling from not maybe not even reeling still just riding this high from the wednesday night game and just the the inexplicable nature of the way the hawks came back in that game where it went from oh the the bench unit is going to force joel Embiid and friends to come back in the game and get more run that's cool uh, get him a little bit more tired for game six so we can hopefully force game seven and then it just at the it just escalated from there and the cascade of events that followed was just bonkers and, and the, the the beauty of that is that that inexplicable feeling never happens for us it always happens to us <laughs> like mm-hmm. we're always like how did we lose that every atlanta sports team how do we lose that game how did we lose that series like we had that like 
you know, the, the inexplicable nature of it, it's, it's always on us. And for once, we can't explain how the Hawks won that game. Um, and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm still speechless from that game um, and just completely riding that high. And it's, it's, it's really crazy to think about. When Garrett was talking, I was thinking um, Lloyd Pierce was fired on beginning of March, right? It is, it is middle of June right now. That was three and a half months ago. At that time, we were talking about how um, are we sure that Travis Schlenk is going to have a job after this year? Uh, we were talking about what an utter disaster the the trade Luca trade is, which I don't want to talk about for even a minute on this on this podcast. <laughs> um, we were talking about whether the the playoff mandate, whether that was a bad idea, um, whether this was too early, whether whether we tried to do this a year early. Um, whether this was ever going to work. And, and now we're three and a half months later and this team's just pure joy. I mean, you know, I, I have a hard time getting too nervous about tonight because it's like everything's house money, man. Like <laughs> this team makes the Eastern Conference Finals. That's that's freaking awesome. If they lose in seven to Philly, like will I be will I be unhappy about it? Yeah, absolutely. But am I going to look back on that and say, you know, think about this, what this run in anything other than positive, you know, context? Absolutely not. Like this has been so fun beginning to end and one of the coolest things that I, I got to experience for for game five was in a philly bar right next to my house <laughs> listening to the way that they celebrated uh when ben simmons hit two consecutive free throws <laughs> you would have thought you would have thought uh, like bryce arbor came up and hit a grand damn slam i mean my god <laughs> it's just absurd i mean the dude was hitting free throws and he hit two of them and they exploded and celebrated and were like in our faces and everything because I was sitting with a, a, a small like little contingent of Hawks fans. And then we proceeded to foul him again, and he bricked both, and half the people in my party just got bonkers and went rowdy and crazy. I mean, just the energy that people are feeling right now. I mean, it's just – I feel bad it, for him. It's palpable. Like, I really feel bad for him? do feel bad for him. Like, Why? He's a professional athlete. It's an, it's an embarrassing. He's played, he's like, a, he's that's an what embarrassing. I was going to say with Max. Years it's embarrassing, in the NBA. dude. Like, that is an embarrassing it, look. No, I don't feel bad for him at all. He's a point guard. If you're going to play point guard in the NBA, you better shoot better than 30%. Hmm. Like, and that's, that's what he is shooting right now in this series. Like, that is so miserably bad. You're making $35 million to brick free throws and be a liability to your team. At least be Shaquille O'Neal. Like, if, if Shaquille O'Neal... Is gonna it's, it, if you're gonna do hack a shack, then look the guy's gonna come in and dominate you and drop 35 points. They did that because they had to stop him. That was the only way they could. I mean, ben I'm Simmons, a very proponent of just like if it's that bad as a million dollar athlete, you should be forced to granny shot it. Like unless you fix it yeah. yourself, then you should have to granny shot. I think Dude, that's he's, a, he's a, a max he's attempting. He's a max attempting, player. Yeah, yeah, and he's attempting five three pointers a season as a point guard. You can sag off five ten feet. He had the basketball in his hands. His hands. Garrett, do you buy the KOC from the Ringer argument that he is? Uh, he's ready. He has said forever that he's right-handed. I don't know what he is, man. I, I don't know if he. I don't know if he has a dominant hand. Well, he grew up right-handed. <laughs> he's got two left hands. I know well, that. Like, there is anecdotes when he was coming up in the draft, like years ago now, that he grew up right-handed, and his dad made him learn to shoot left. Like that was something that they like forced a change on him. Like his dominant hand growing up was right-handed. Um, well, there are palpable. There are actually like, like legitimate palpable. <laughs> there are very legitimate advantages to being a left-handed person. I mean, like, like look, when I'm, when my kid, if my kid grows up and plays sports, if, if they choose to do that, obviously the, then I'm going to say, Hey, pick it up with your left hand. 
well, I'll encourage them to, to so. delist it. There's that an advantage. Kind of comment that you make if you want to stay in the number one spot on this very podcast. So that's a good one. <laughs> uh, this is a very left-handed friendly podcast, and I appreciate you making that. Not, but there answer. is a serious yeah. advantage to it because you're the southpaw. You're the the left-handed mm. pitcher. You're coming up from the left side when you're <laughs> a lot of us doing anything presidents. else. Let, like, look at Messi. Messi is left-footed. I mean, mm. there is an advantage to it. I think LeBron's technically ambidextrous, but he's left left-handed. Wait, is um, LeBron left-handed? Yeah, he's left-handed. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah, so is um, uh, so Messi is. I mean, like, there's there's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage of being left-handed. Mm. Um, not when you're in grade school and you have to write with your left. Oh, hand only in sports. Yeah, yeah, it's only like Conor McGregor is also a southpaw. Mm. Like, it's just it's very common that it's like you have a little bit more success as left. But I mean, that's not the point. The point is, uh, Ben Simmons <laughs> can't hit a free throw, um, and the guy talks so much shit after he dunks a basketball or hits a layup. And Man, it's like, bro, really just hates Ben Simmons. I can't stand. Well, okay, ben Simmons. okay. No, well, it's all I'm the slander not, that he's no, been but getting. like Ben Simmons does not I'm bother me as way. much as Joel Embiid diving at players' knees and Joel oh, I disagree. flopping around. I think he drives I respect, me more. Now. I respect Embiid a lot more after the series than I did before, to be honest. Um, but on, I want to, I want to go off Ben Simmons a little bit more because mm. I feel like I'm not sure if we talked about this last week, but. I feel like you learn so much about different players that are on the league when your team plays them in a series. And my my esteem for Ben Simmons has uh, it, to say it plummeted is an understatement. Like all that dude needs is an elbow jumper to become like a sixty to seventy percent free throw shooter and to have like one post move, and he would be all NBA. Like how hard is that? Get in the gym and 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 develop those three things, and you are one of the ten to fifteen best players. Thank in the you. League. And then shoot two three-pointers a game. Shoot two three two to where they can't sag off five to ten feet. No, but it's like if you can just do something. Do something for me in the half-court offense that isn't passing the basketball. And you're going to be one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, look, the, the people compared him to LeBron James just because of his incredible passing ability and sheer athleticism and size. And and, and the guy was a freak coming out of college. That, that was that viable. The difference between him and LeBron James is that LeBron James was able to change his game with the, the the rising trends of the NBA, which was to shoot the damn basketball. Ben Simmons just shows a, an utter reluctance to do that. I mean, it, it's just the most frustrating thing in the world to watch because the guy is so damn talented. Every, any all those com- comparisons to LeBron and and dude, prove it. If you're, if <laughs> Add you're some six- moves. If you're a Sixers fan, I, I pose this to my friend. If you're a Sixers fan and you could only have one guy for Game Six between Seth Curry and Ben Simmons, there's no world in which you're picking Simmons. Oh, no I way. would still pick Simmons just because of the trade. No back way. There. How you, are you, you still scoring? want him on Trey? Dude, I don't know. Throw five. I don't know, man. Matisse, like, yeah. He's, what are you gonna, are you gonna play like five? Trey Young's not minutes? averaging thirty points yes. a game in this series. I actually, I actually think Thibault's been been really good in this series. Um, uh, he's but, been awful. Uh, I, I could pull up the numbers. I want to say his plus minus in the series has been disastrous. Oh, he's no, but the thing is, he's is uh, when you put him on the floor, it's purely for defense. Yeah, but the because the, the guy can't score. Up. The offense his dies. Like he is such a negative playing. offensively and such a non-offensive player that like it's just been bad. Like what did he play? Twenty four. Yeah, he's playing about twenty four minutes a night. Um, but no. yeah, but look, I mean, look, I, I don't see, I don't see how Ben Simmons offers all that much when he's been marking. Uh, Trey Young and Trey Young's still going for 30, a thirty-point double-double every night. I mean, a lot of that's late, and I mean Simmons is still. Who cares? It's, it's still happening during the game. I mean, Simmons <laughs> is still playing Trey really well. Simmons is still causing problems, especially early on in games. Like Simmons is still playing Trey very well. He's defended Trey better than most people have defended Trey. And then Thibel is also the guy who got caught in the uh, 
the three-pointer at the end, the three-point foul, which was just my favorite villain moment where I knew immediately what was <laughs> happening. And the fact that he did not know it was happening until it was too late is, is unreal because that's like one, you, you can't legislate that out of the game. That's just being dumb. Like that's literally Dwayne Wade did that so many times throughout the course of his career. We're just guys are dumb. And this was just a dumb defensive play, but um, I don't know. I also just think not having Danny green was a problem for the Hawks. The last two games, like Danny green, just not being out there breaking corner threes is just a problem. Cause Corkmaz was lighting it up the last two games mostly, and we've He's also got really no well. shows from Kevin Herter. Like Kevin Herter's been really bad. And Bogey, that was a tweet. Bogey, no, that was yeah. a tweet Bogey that I sent play. out. And that was a tweet quarter. that I sent out late in the game, or, or like, uh, I think it was really late <laughs> after the game. Um, it was the fact that you have Clint Capella, you have Bogey Budanovich, and you have Kevin Herter, who acquired what I think it was uh, fourteen fouls between the three of them. They had twelve points. They had more fouls than points in that game on Wednesday, and they still won the game. And all of the, I mean, if you don't have, actually, here, here, I'll pose this question: Does Danilo Gallinari start? For, does Gallinari start what? Does he start tonight? No, no, no. Okay, because I, I heard that post. I heard that post just because I think the. The plus minus of, of Bogey Bogdanovich, uh, Danilo Gallinari, and John Collin and Clint Capella, I believe, is I think it's like plus like twenty five or something throughout the course of the series. I can see that. Yeah. No, but that's a good segue into something I wanted to talk about, which is I think we're not talking enough about how good of a job Nate has done mm. um, in the, in this series, and 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 I think the reason you brought that uh, bring up Gallinari uh, brought that up for me, which is. He recognized, despite the, the vulnerability in that matchup, that these wings can't play. That Solomon Hill, Tony Snell cannot play in this series. Um, they can't play probably in any series. Um, but he recognized that. He put in Herder, so he would play uh, Trey, Bogey, and Herder together, and then he would play two bigs. But he's also gone big with Gallo, Collins, and Capella. Um, and we can do that because Simmons um, and Thibel are total zeros on the perimeter, right? So... You can have those guys sit in the paint, play three bigs and two guards, um, and get more offense out of that. And I think Nate recognizing that has been huge to not not forcing in Solomon Hill minutes, not forcing in Tony Snell minutes, um, and being able to run you know weird lineups with either three guards or, or three bigs. Mm. Not Nate. Nate McMillan's done a very good job. I mean, he he deserves all the credit. I mean, not all the credit, but he deserves all, as much credit as we can possibly give him. I mean, he, he's like you said, like he recognized trends and he responded to them. Um, and look, I mean, he got these guys back in this game with that halftime speech. Whatever he said, whatever he said, keep it behind closed doors. I don't care. Whatever he said, he got the Hawks back into the game twice in a row. I mean, double digit deficits in both games. We find our way back in. Uh, no, I don't think any other coach does that for us right now. He and has a connection with, with these players. Yeah, and, and rolling rolling with Trey and Lou together, which like I don't know yeah. how many coaches would be willing to do that with total two complete zeros. Two two games in a row. He's done that two yeah. games in a row with with significant late late game minutes. Yeah, and you saw the impact of that in Game Four because he goes for thirteen points, thirteen of his fifteen in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna guess Trey said he rolls with a hot hand. Because remember, so Trey was the one who just posited to keep Lou in the Knicks series. I'm going to guess Trey dictates a lot of these late game calls of like, no, keep him in with me. We got this. I, I think a lot of it is he, he looks at what Trey 
is okay with late. That would be my guess. I I could see Trey Young potentially having, like you say, hey Trey, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I don't think Trey do think, dictates. Yeah. I don't think Trey dictates it. I think he might. But it but it's like but you, at the end of the day, like you're building this offense and team around Trey Young. Right. And look, if you and Trey Young is the guy who's going to slam the door. He did mm-hmm. that. Lou Williams, Lou Williams tossed it up, and Trey Young slammed it down on on uh, on Wednesday. That's how this team is. That's how it's supposed to happen. Because Trey Young is our superstar. He has become a superstar in this playoffs. And look, I mean, Trey Young probably – the Hawks don't get it done without either of those guys. And look, if you want to set it up in a way for Trey to, to best play bat the game of basketball, that's what I'm going to do. And if I'm Nate McMillan and, and Trey has an opinion, then I'll listen to him. But at the end of the day, he's the head coach, and I think he's ultimately the one that de- deserves the credit for those rotations and keeping people in or whatever. But – He's going to do what's best for Trey and what's best because typically that's what's best for this team. Yeah, I think the best thing about Nate is that he is just like, Trey, you're you're dictating everything we do now. Like, whatever you're comfortable with. Like, he's seeking Trey's advice. He is looking at Trey like, okay, what do you see? Because, like, what was the comment he had? I forgot if it was in Kirshner's article or not about Trey just uh, taking what the defense gives him. And Trey's just like, yeah, I know what's coming. And, like, Trey is calling out his own plays a lot now. I think it's just more of, like, that's just where the modern game's going. You saw it just happen with Luca and Rick Carlisle in that front office. Like, that's literally how this is working now. It's just when you have the superstars, like Zion's probably going to dictate who the next coach is in New Orleans because it's coming out that his family's not happy about the direction there. Um, I just think Nate Damian Lillard, too. If Trey is cool with it, then yeah, like you just do whatever Trey wants. Like, that is the new normal for NBA players. If you want to keep these not to stars, mention, yeah, you have to do not- that. And I don't think Lloyd was doing that. And I think that was part of the disconnect is like Trey's like, no, 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 no. I'm, I am the king. I am the king now. Like, this is, this is my ship. I'm the captain now. And I am the captain. Yeah. That Look is, at me. So I don't <laughs> think Nate is ultimately the final decision maker. I still think it's Trey, would be my guess. I could be wrong. Well, I mean, that's just, that's the rising trend of uh, what you're pointing out. It's just the trend of the NBA, like you said, Luca, Damian Lillard, all these Zion, all these other guys. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers. He's one who's who's trying to dictate a lot of stuff. Deshaun Watson, before all those allegations came out, he was one of those guys. Julio Jones. Uh, I mean, all of these guys want yeah. to dictate who and what is done because they are recognizing that they are the star, um, and the star sells tickets. And also, so. Trey's right. Like Trey is just a basketball savant, and like I think just trusting Trey to read the defense and well, to they call built the team around him. Travis Schlink. Travis Schlink put his his entire job security into the success of Trey Young, and if Trey Young has something to say, somebody's gonna that they're gonna listen. They're gonna listen to what he says. Yeah, uh, but like, ultimately, I don't want to. I don't want to get too far Atlanta away Hawk from of all time. Like you've already got to like this. The insecurity. No, he's in. still not the best Hawk of all time. I'm saying he's on the way. He's certainly oh, he's on the way. way. He's certainly certainly on his way. Uh, but I don't want to take away. Don't 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 go too far because I don't I don't want to yeah. discredit Nate McMillan. Because what Nate McMillan I'm not discrediting done, him. I think it's a positive for him that he is um, able to listen to his players yes. and adapt. Right. I that's think a he's an adaptable coach. And I think that's the only kind of coach that works now in today's NBA is the adaptable. That's why you're seeing a lot more former players uh, get on and like why Dame wanted Jason Kidd and why um, certain coaches just they, they want guys who they can relate to players. Like they just that's who most guys want. They want guys who can relate to the actual players and Steve Nash. Funny Steve Nash is on his way to winning an NBA title in year one of coaching. Like it's just, I. So Steve Kerr did too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I just don't. I, I think that's just where we're going. And if you don't empower your your stars, it's just not going to work out for you nine times out of ten. Um, 
game six expectations tonight, guys? Like, what do you, what matchups, what rotations, what are, Max, what are you looking at in terms of uh, the formula for the Hawks closing this out tonight? Man, it's it's so hard to say what you expect here, right? Because it's like, all right, if the Hawks go down 15 in the first quarter, like, no one's, no one's blinking. Like, no one's going to even say a thing. I mean, it, it's really like I, all I can wait for is how the Sixers are going to respond in the fourth quarter, one way or the other. Um, in terms of rotations, like, it's game six. Like, both teams have sort of thrown their cards on the table. Um, I would expect the Hawks to continue staying away from the Solomon Hill, Tony Snell wing minutes. Um, I would like to see a little bit more on Yekka Kongwu. Um, I know he was so he good in the pro- last game. He's been really good um, and, and really, really um, – it's quite clear to me that, like, he's going to be a player down the line. Um and, you know, he'll struggle with Embiid. No one's going to stop Embiid. Embiid will get his. Um, Embiid will probably get tired in the second half again. Um, you know, Tobias Harris will probably play a little bit better. Seth Curry will probably play a little bit worse. Bogey won't, you know, no-show again. Herder won't no-show again. It's kind of, it's like you know, it's game six. Chips are all there. Who shows up? And, and and that's what's so beautiful is that, like, we know Trey's showing up. Like, <laughs> We know he's showing up night in, night out. And even if he doesn't have his shot, he'll get 18 assists like he did in game four. Or, like, you know, he'll dictate the offense. Um, and that's, you know, I, this whole series to me has been such a validation of Trey. I really expected it to be a comeback to earth type of series for him where the length. I mean, I mean, the, if you were to design a defense to stop Trey Young, it would be the Sixers defense. Um, you would have a super athletic, much bigger um guard on him you would have a, a, one of the best defensive centers in the league sitting in the lane so he can't get his floater off and then you would try to pressure him from behind and pressure him in the lane and just squeeze him off and like that's what you know they're trying to do but he can still get his and and i think um it's just it's just a validation that trey is going to be a superstar in this league no matter what matchup independent for years to come um, and that also he's just like this guy in the fourth quarter that is a killer because he's not scared of anyone. Um, and so, man, it would be so nice if like he had a huge fourth quarter, closed it out to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. We were talking about this before on air. And like, you know, tonight could be the greatest night in Hawks history. Like, I don't think that's hyperbolic to say. Um, and so that's what I'm watching for, man. Like, that would be so sick. Yeah, I mean, at, le- at the very least, the best moment since they've come to Atlanta. I mean, if Trey Young is able to be the guy to shut them down, that it, on an, on the home court, God, that wouldn't that be something? That would be absolutely incredible. Um, no, but number, the number one thing that I'm going to be looking for tonight is is I'm checking out these role players, man, because Seth Curry has been going off. He dropped 36 points in the last game. You have. Uh, on the Hawks side, and then on the Hawks side, you have Kevin Herter, Bogey Bogdanovich, who accounted for six total points. Uh, so I'm really looking at these wing guys. Who who's going to step up? Who's going to be hitting their shots? Especially with the the Sixers coming into enemy territory, who's going to step up for them? Because I don't know if Seth Curry can do it for a third game in a row. Because it was just him and Joel Embiid. They were the only ones who hit shots, like from the field in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't expect that to ever happen again, but. Tobias Harris is a guy you always have to keep an eye on. Seth Curry, you have to keep an eye on him, especially if he gets hot because he was shooting like 70% from three or something gaudy. Uh, Do I think he comes out and drops 36 again? No. And that's why I think ultimately the Hawks will win tonight. 
because Kevin Herter plays some of his best basketball at home, as does Bogey Bogdanovich. Uh, Trey Young is going to come out and, and dish a double-double. I expect him to go 20-22 and 15 or something tonight because I think the, the perimeter guys are going to light it up tonight because the Hawks still have not had a good shooting night outside of that first half uh, up in Philadelphia in game one. The Hawks really have not shot the basketball very well. And credit Philadelphia for doing that. And and I, you have to give them as much credit as possible because they are very good and long on the perimeter. But if the Hawks just hit their open shots tonight, they will they'll win this game. Um, but I think the after the 76ers blew an 18-point lead on Sunday, or Monday rather, and then a 26-point lead on Wednesday, how does Doc Rivers get these guys ready to play? Because... Yeah, your backs are completely against the wall. And Nate McMillan said it best, especially back against the Knicks. The closeout game is the most difficult game. But if the Hawks can come out and step on their throats in the first half, then honestly, you just break them. You can, And that's crazy that I'm going to be talking about the 76ers as a team that you can break. But the Hawks, if they come out and shoot the basketball at a, at a high clip and the, that ball actually goes through the net, the Hawks will break the 76ers and win this game. I, I don't want to make any predictions. I just I want to see if we get off to a bad start, how we respond. I want to see how John Collins plays. I want to see if Embiid's searching for contact early and often. I want to see if he's settling for jumpers. I want to see Seth Curry. Like it's interesting you bring that up because I think that's inevitable. I think he's going to hit his shots because a lot of them are open. Like every game, he just finds these open spots, and he's so good at uh, navigating pick and rolls, and he's so good at navigating just where he is on the floor at all times so that when Simmons or Embiid or whoever is slinging the ball around that he's just he's always wide open like I would love to I'm going to pull up the cleaning the glass numbers on him but it seems like he's getting a bunch of uncontested open looks and I think part of it's just he's got such a quick release but I I think you have to live with Seth Curry hitting those shots because I think Seth Curry is just going to find those Trey Trey is also saying he's sagging off of Seth uh, to, to go double Joel Embiid or he's going to go out and do help some help defense or something when somebody tries to get into the lane, which leaves him open. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's what, I, that's what I've been seeing, at least. Um, but look, I mean, the guy's, the guy's hitting the shots. He's hitting the shots. Uh, but another another guy, another name that you just pr- pulled up was John Collins. Two games, he has been lights out, like absolutely lights out. And not even that, he has been he's been a spark plug this team i mean back when uh, uh the the last game that we played back here in atlanta game four when he started dunking on folks that crowd just exploded and look I, he's 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 a spark plug i mean like he hasn't necessarily been dominant but he's been pretty damn good i think what did he go for in that game he went 14 points 12 rebounds but that wasn't the impact that he had it was the fact that he was hustling on the offensive end getting offensive rebounds and he was throwing the damn basketball he was throwing it down, and John Collins has done a good job. Is he going? He hasn't been been our max player. I, I still don't think that, but uh, he's a guy who I want to have on this team next year if possible. I just don't know how we're going to make it work. Mm. I would say I would also add. Um, I don't think Philadelphia has figured out its bench lineup at all. Um, in a way that's like, you know, if we, you know, I, I sort of expect Philly to come out and play well in the first quarter. But I also just have no fear of anyone on that second unit in any way in Philly. Like, those are minutes that we can and should win even without Trey. 
Um, and, and I think that's their biggest problem. I, I was, I've been thinking the same thing as Garrett, where, um, you know, Philly can have the best defense in the league, and they probably do, but um, we have another half or full game in us where we just make our shots and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I really do feel like that could be tonight. Because, um, you know, good offense beats good defense in this league. It just does all the time. And if Bogey and Herder decide to combine for, you know, 10 threes tonight, like that's just a series. It's over. We're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and that's pretty crazy. But that's all. That's what I've been thinking, really, is like in the back of my head, we haven't shot the ball well since the first half of game one. And that's bound to change at some point. I'll get hyped up just thinking about it. <laughs> I can't I know, wait man. for this game, I'm man. I cannot wait. Well, oh, to throw God, some I'm, ice. I'm going to lose my voice. My voice is going to be gone. Oh, <laughs> to throw some cold water on all of this. The Atlanta Braves. Uh, no. No, we don't have to. <laughs> Do we really? I mean, it's over. Like, this season's over. Soul for over. a soul. Soul for a soul. It, it's over, right? Like, we're not... Like, the Charlie Young had a great... He had a great outing last it's night. It's not over. It's not over. I mean, over. it's over in terms of, like, what your expectations are. It's like, there's just not enough they can do at the deadline to, to just catapult this team from... Well average to world series winner like there's just not there there's no avenue for that to happen i don't think mid-season i just think you have to reel it in and just uh maybe get a, another playoff appearance but like this is a crazy number from cory mccartney friend of the pod who had this in the daily nine for talking which is really good so i'm glad he's writing again he's a great writer and local and guy so follow him if you have not already but he said quote the franchise hasn't been this far back in a season in which it made the postseason since 1914 and since moving to Atlanta, have never been further back than six games, which was 1993 in a playoff year. Like, things are just bad right now. The Braves are in uncharted waters at the moment, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, the big thing, I, I, I'm i seeing, like, Soroka might be coming back in, in August. That scares me, yeah. You know what? Uh, you have um, you know what coming back mm-hmm. potentially in August. Travis Darnot is coming back potentially in August. And look, I, I think that if the if the Braves can keep their head above water, and then, because Freddie's going to turn it around, I'm still. I know we've been saying it for two months. I've said it every single week. It's going to happen. He had a pretty good game. He had a pretty good game up against the Red Sox last time, the, in Game Two of that series. Uh, Hawks or not the Hawks? The the Braves blew it. Yeah, Hawks are on the mind. Let me tell you what. But no, the I mean the Braves blew it. The bullpen's bad. Snit has mismanaged the bullpen um jacob webb's coming back though so that's good yeah i mean well (laughs) (laughs) that poor kid like whenever he is announced by anything braze related like the comments are always just just brutal he hasn't exactly inspired much confidence no he's got to get traded (laughs) like just send him somewhere else so he can get a fresh start because it's just uh, i don't think braze fans are ever going to trust him even if he starts to turn around i think that's that ships no. out. I mean, it's like Luke Jackson. I mean, Luke Jackson is, is so much better than people give him credit for. Yeah. So, so significantly better than people give him credit for. But people love to hate on him because it was the popular thing to do for so long. I was going to say, it's the PTSD from years ago. Like, that was like, well, yeah, because they put him in as now? a closer at 24 years old and he was not ready for it. The guy was not mentally or emotionally ready to be a closer. He, he, blew, he blew games. But he's a good reliever. He's a very good relief pitcher. Yeah. Um, Kyle Muller, though. Looks we'll come like back. I, I think if we keep our head above water, I, I think we can still we can go get a bat. It's still that stuff's still yeah, going to be emerging. Maybe. I think Alex Anthopoulos was on with Dukes and Bell the other day. We're going to go get a bat. Someone someone is going to start falling. 
and someone is going to start being a seller and we're going to go find one. We have the assets to go to good, get it done. That we've is true. Having, um, the assets. We've been having that same conversation for how long now? I mean, like months. Like just the which same, one that we need to battle? The, the, well, not just that, but the like keep ahead above water. You know, the division's not. You know, no one's running away with it. Although Seven the Mets back are now, yeah, um, are starting to. But it's like you know, keep your head above water. We'll get a bet at the deadline. Hopefully, go on a run. And it's like, you know, at some point it has to all kind of happen, and it can't be everything just flips at the deadline. Right. It's like you're not just going to suddenly get a bat and then everyone has this jolt of confidence and, you know, performs much better. You know, one bat doesn't doesn't change everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, the biggest beneficiary of this, this Hawks run is the Braves because they've just been underwhelming and um, in every way. It's kind of like the opposite mm-hmm. of this Hawks team. Um, and you can't but, even account you know, for the Azuna stuff. Like, he's just gone forever. Like, that was a gone. big yeah. free agent signing. Like, that's a huge thing. That was one of their four ways they just allocated their money per the Jeff Schultz piece in The Athletic was like they allocated money for him and it's backloaded, which is going to be interesting right. to see what happens. And there. when but you're a like, team, yeah, when you're a team that's not going to go out there and spend too, it's like that is a, that's a death knell. Like that is a huge, huge loss that like is unrecoverable at right. the moment. The money's well, not what coming makes back. It, what makes it just as frustrating is that's not, it's not even like Marcelo Zuno was having a great season before. No, but they needed him to. Like he, the hope was that he would turn around in July <sighs> or August. Yeah, that's one, of the, that's one of the cases you could make for this team going on a run or yes. could have made for this team going on a run. Yeah. And it's just a frustrating season. I mean, this has been just time and again. It's just, you, you've, yeah. I mean, it, it, you've seen it all year. I mean, it's, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another thing. If Because then early in the season, we had some solid pitching. And uh, the starting pitching was great, but we couldn't hit the freaking baseball. And then now we flipped around and the hitting started to pick up. And now we can't stop a run. We can't stop a nosebleed. Where's the hell uh, Escobar when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Giles I, up to. Mark, it's Marcus Giles. Marcus Giles was one of my favorite players when I was a kid. Love Marcus Giles. My grandfather was like obsessed with Mark DeRosa. Like whenever I saw him, he would just be like, "Yeah, yeah Mark DeRosa." Rafael for call. He's got to play. Oh, well, I love me some Rafael for call, but it was always funny because he was like, "DeRosa should be playing more." It was just always a thing. Like it was, he was the most undervalued brave of all time. My grandfather's mind. It was it was funny. He was just always like, "Mark DeRosa, what's he up? To? Why why isn't he playing more?" Never that same kind of love for Keith Lockhart, but Mark DeRosa. He was the apple of my grandfather's eye for whatever reason. Um. Last thing, guys. Uh, the Falcons. Not a lot. They signed their rookie class. But Quadri Allison, are you keeping up with his questions of the day on the Falcons Twitter account? No, I'm not. It's incredible. I highly encourage you guys to watch these. So, like, when he's running out to the Fiery Branch camp and they interview him real quick when he's running out there. Um, and he's, this was his question. So, he does a question of the day. His question of the day from a couple days ago. If you get out of the shower clean... How does a towel get dirty? And then he laughs and runs onto the field. It's delightful. Oh, I did see one of those. I saw another one of those. Yeah, that was really good. Oh god, I love I love stupid questions like that. Like, do you think do you think a fish knows that it's wet? Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> or is it only when it gets out of the water that it's wet? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't I don't know the answer to this. Uh, Macano. We're asking the real questions here. We are. We are. Because the Falcons <laughs> just, we're about to enter a month dead period for the Falcons. Oh, God. Um, just nothing's really going to be going on. But Macano, 
um, is expected to return after undergoing surgery, but that is a depth piece. The Hawk, or the Hawks, the Falcons. Hawks are on all, the mind, man. All, Hawks are on the mind. I know. Uh, <laughs> Gano out. Uh, Garrett, are you concerned about the depth on the offensive line with Gano going down? Of course I am. I'm, I'm worried about the offensive line, even if he's playing. I mean, this has been a, a major sore spot since 2016. I mean, once we lost some, I just, yeah. I mean, Alex Mack is not here anymore. I mean, yeah, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm definitely concerned. I mean, that's going to be one of the the key things to watch for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, because look, I mean, we just went out and got Kyle Pitts. We have a uh, we're, we're rolling the dice with Matt Ryan again. He's coming back. Not going to be much good if if you can't keep, keep Matt Ryan off the ground. Um, I think Arthur Smith is going to help. I mean, he's he's he was an offensive lineman. That's what he did. I mean, I think I think he's going to bring a good mentality for this offense. Uh, I think ultimately, I think the offensive line will be better than it was last year. But that's also not saying too much. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I don't want to make any uh, any overarching thoughts about the Atlanta Falcons in June. That's all. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I think the team is going to come together. I mean, we can still go make free agency acquisitions. So we have plenty of time. And all of a sudden, we have uh, this weird amount of money on the on the books. Yeah, we so have, we have all this money. Like, what happened? I don't know what happened. If something happened. Uh, I don't know. So, I don't know. <laughs> but we have money now, so we can make a free agency signing. My hot take, uh, I don't know how hot this take is actually, but uh, is that the the offensive line is probably the position I am least concerned about going into the year. I I think the offensive line will be fine. Um, I you know Gano being hurt is worrisome. Uh, you know I think it'll probably force Jalen Mayfield into a role he might not be ready for. Um, but the thing is, like, if the Falcons are going to be any good the talent on the offensive line has to come through. So if, if the if the offensive line's no good, it doesn't matter because this team's gonna suck. It's probably it might suck anyway, but like, you know, I'm totally I'm totally fine with Lidstrom. I think McGarry, you know, it's sort of a make or break year for McGarry, but I'm semi confident he can get it done. Jake Matthews is, you know, solid, steady. Um, I'm excited that we have a competition at center. Like I, I feel like one of those guys will be um, good enough. And, you know, you kind of just can plug into the other guard spot if you need or Mayfield can slide into guard. I, I just like of all the Falcons worries, it's, it's really funny actually having this conversation after talking about the Hawks for 30 minutes where it's like we're so amped up. And this is just the biggest come down talking about the Braves and the Falcons. Um, <laughs> I hear it but, in our voices right now. It's, it's like it's like like when the Hawks lose eventually or win the title. um uh, I just like want to take a hibernation for a few months and not talk about Atlanta sports for <laughs> a little bit. Hopefully, they can get us to uh, training camp. That's really it. Yeah. God. Yeah. I don't. Oh, know. At least the Braves. That's Over, that's, that's actually what the um, that's what the, the I've read an article along a little while back, and it's like the the point of a lot of these terrible baseball teams, like the Seattle Mariners and everything, for a lot of these sports talk stations, is to get me to football season, get me to training camp in July. After that, that's fine because you, <laughs> the the Braves, the Braves should be able to do that just fine. Oh, mm. God, I hope so. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Um, that's all I've got, guys. What uh, what do we think? Final answer tonight: Did the do the do the Hawks end it in six tonight? Max, what do you think? Oh man, it's on the record for team of, team of destiny. Okay. Hawks win tonight. Hawk, Hawks shoot well tonight. Make a lot of threes. 
get out to an early lead and hold on at the end win. Garrett, I feel like I know pretend Ludacris is playing in the background. This is this is happening tonight. Atlanta is taking it home. We're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals next week. Let's get it done. Go Hawks. Hawks in six. That's it. Okay. I'm going to say the Hawks lose tonight. No, no, no. Yeah, that's I not how we end. Going seven. I think this no. is going seven. I think it's going to be annoying. I don't. I, that, <laughs> but do you see what I'm doing here, guys? By being the, the wet blanket here, I... I'm getting us. Ready. It humanizes us. Yeah, and it also just like <laughs> will feel a lot better if I'm wrong. Like going into it like this, I will feel a lot better if the Hawks shoot lights out tonight. I'm like, oh, I was wrong. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, I haven't thought we. Were, I haven't thought we were going to win a game. Also, like going into the That's the way the to game, do it, man. Have, the Hawks play so much we better when we don't believe in them at all. It's great. Well, just but know I'm, that I'm, I'm going to be playing "Welcome to Atlanta" on repeat for the for the next four hours. Oh, there's all I'll say is that we have all kinds of better Atlanta. There's only like one. Have... There's only one. Per- there's only one person in this podcast who uh, floated it out there as a possibility that the Hawks could win the East a few weeks ago, uh, and kudos, I was man. La- I was laughed off the microphone. As kudos, because it's still preposterous, and I won't. Ah, it. it is not still preposterous. It's not. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day. If, if the Hawks have had DeAndre Hunter. They're the favorite. Holy shit, man. We they're the would be, we could, no, they're not. What could, are we talking yes, about? Yes, the the favorite. No, but with what the injuries, the, Nets, with the injuries, the Nets down two guys. The Nets are know. doing it. James Harden. Oh my goodness. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm James not Harden doesn't this. look. James Harden can't even run down the basketball. He court. looked he a got, lot he had better a steal last yesterday. night. He got a steal yesterday and just stopped. He tried to run and it's like nope, nope. Actually, and then passed the ball off. No, he got a he had a fast break off it. He had a fast break and he couldn't run. Yeah, well, he played better. That. I mean, you leave him wide open. Of course, he's going to make a shot. He's still James Harden, but he's not what James Harden. To, what you need to understand is that um, I am drunk off of Hawks hype. Mm. Like the, there's, you know, the hangover is going to suck if we lose the series. That's all I'm going to say because yes. I am hammered off of Hawks hype. Mm. <laughs> ben Drink the Kool Aid. Drink the Kool Aid. Kevin Keeley over here. Join us. <laughs> It's a deep cut for Atlanta Sports Twitter. Hey, send me send me an Atlanta Sports playlist or Atlanta playlist for me to just get hyped I mean, off the wall. Culture three just dropped this week. You. Like, oh, what, I like what, that. what are we doing here? Shoddy low. Just there's all kinds of great shoddy low classics. Like there's. I just want a playlist. I need. A, I want a, like a full playlist. Just Atlanta Sports playlist. I can do it. That sounds like fun. I actually, that, that, that's have, a big. The yeah. podcast can do that. We yeah, can do that for the people. We can literally have the Atlanta Sports Guy we'll playlist share, on Spotify yeah. and share it out. Oh, that's viral. Viral idea right there that's not bad not bad all right well for that guy <laughs> down there number one now max has moved up this week i think uh max what? deserves some credit for moving up and sticking to his guns on hawks hype so max has moved up temporarily right. to the number one spot on this podcast for that guy number two garrett chapman you could rally Brutal. if the hawks win tonight with your presence in Phillips Arena, we'll never call it State Farm Arena. That's preposterous. <laughs> Not ever going to do anything of the sort. Um, you have, you Phillips have Arena sponsored by State Farm. Yeah, sponsored by State Farm. I mean, does anyone call really it the Benz? I guess people do call the new stadium the Benz. I, I, but I still yeah, the Benz. Yeah, yeah, I don't, know. I don't yeah. like it. I don't like any of. I it. call it the Benz. I call it. Right, actually, guys, last last question. Last question mm-hmm. I have for you guys: Should I wear my white All Star Dominique Wilkins jersey? Uh, it, the only downside, it looks like a Philly jersey, and I got a lot of people who said, "Hey, go, 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 Sixers, or whatever, whatever, dude." This is a Dominique Wilkins jersey. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> or should I wear my red Trey Young? Red. I would say it's red Trey Young. MLK jerseys. It matches you your hair. White. That's true. 
Red Trey Young it is. Red Trey Young it is. Yeah, there you go. Kevin Herter out there in the stands. Hey, be Kevin Herter's going to drop 20 points tonight. No, you. how would you drop I'm, 20 I'm points with that. On, the, on, on in the stands? I don't know how it would work. <laughs> Being the redhead of this podcast, I don't know how that, any of that would work. Um, anyway, have fun tonight, Garrett. Be safe. Um, oh, I can't wait. Let's hope the Hawks win. Fingers crossed. Hawks. Hawks and six, baby. Hawks and seven, but I'm okay with it. Bye. <laughs>